بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللمسلمين والمستمعين يقول الامام المجدد محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته اداب المشي الى الصلاه ويكره في الصلاه التفات يسير ورفع ورفع بصره الى السماء والصلاة إلى سورة منصوبة أو إلى آدمي واستقبال نار ولو سراج وافتراش ذراعيه في السجود ولا يدخل فيها وهو حاكم أو حاقب أو بحضرة الطعام يشتهيه بل يأخذها ولو فاتته جماعة ويكره مس الحصى وتشفيق أصابعه واعتماده على يديه في جلوسه ولمس لحيته وعقص شعره وكف ثوبه فان تثاءب كذب ما استطاع فان غلبه وضع يده في فم ويكره تسويه التراب الى عذر ويرد المار بين يديه ولو بدفعه ادميا كان المار او غيره فرضا كانت الصلاه او نفلا فان هذا فله قتاله ولو مشى يسيرا ويحرم المرور بين بين المصلي وبين سترته وبين ان وبين ان لم يكن له ستره وله قتل حيه واقرب وقمه وتعديل ثوب وعمامه وحمل شيء ووضعه وله اشاره بيد ووجه وعين لحاجه ولا يكره السلام على المصلي وله رده بالاشاره ويهته ويهته على إمامه إذا ارتج إذا ارتج عليه أو غلبه وإن نابه شيء في صلاته سبح رجل وصدقت امرأة وإن بدرت وإن بدره بصاق أو مخاط وهو في المشتد بصق في ثوبه وفي غير المشتد عن يساره ويكره أن يبصق قدامه أو عن يمينه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخيره ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين فبلغ الرساله وعد الامانه ونصح للأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ومنحه الله جل وعلا صحابة كراما جاهدوا معه وبعد ورافقوه وصاحبوه وصدقوه في كل ما يقول لعلمهم أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم لا ينطق عن الهوى فاللهم ارضى عنهم أجمعين واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في محبتهم وانفعنا بذلك يا الجلال والاكرام. ثم احب ان اقول شيئا عن هذا الدرس فهو في الحقيقه مفيد فائده عظيمه لمن تامل هذا الكتاب وحرص على 
العمل بما يمر عليه فيه لا شك ان اعظم الدين هو اخلاص العباده لله ولا شك ان ابرز العبادات هي الصلوات الخمس ثم ما اضيف الى هذا العمل ما تضمنه كتاب اداب المشي والصلاه لشيخ الاسلام محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله عليه كلها مما يحتاج اليه المسلم فنصيحتي لعموم الحريصين على الاستفاده ان يهتموا بكثره قراءه هذا الكتاب واستحضار ما يشكل عليهم فيه في مسائله سواء من بعض ما مضى او من بعض ما سياتي لما في ذلك من تحقيق المصلحه الخاصه بالراغي في اصلاح اعماله وادائها على الوجه الذي يرجو ان يرضي الله جل وعلا ولا شك ان العمل الذي يرضي الله سبحانه انما هو ما يحتد العباد في ادائه لنبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في اول هذا اللقاء في هذه الليله التي اسال الله جل وعلا ان يجعلها ليله مباركه علينا جميعا وان يوفقنا فيها وفيما ياتي بعدها بعدها وان يتجاوز عنا فيما حصل منا من تقصير حاضر وماضي فهو ارحم الراحمين يقول رحمه الله عليه ويكره في الصلاه التفات يسير ينبغي للمصلي ان يستشعر وهو يصلي انه يناجي ربه جل وعلا يناجي الله انت وانت تقرا تبداها ب اثنى على الله وحمده الحمد لله رب العالمين تثني على الله بانه الرحمن الرحيم تمجد الله بانه هو مالك الملك ثم تقول بعد هذا الثناء كانك تستفتح لتخاطب الله فتشرق تقول اياك نعبد يحتاج الانسان الى ان يصدق هذا حقيقه بحيث يعني لا يعبد احد غير الله فيكره الالتفات في الصلاه لان الالتفات النبي ذكر انه اختلاس يختلسه الشيطان من صلاه العبد ينبغي اذا دخل الواحد في الصلاه أن يستشعر أهميتها وعظيم شأنها وجليل قدرها فيلتزم الأدب في هذا المقام لو كان يخاطب سيد من سادات الدنيا من غني أو تاجر أو أمير أو ملك صار في غاية الأدب ينبغي أن يكون أدبك في أداء هذه العبادة وأن تتقرب إلى الله جل وعلا بإعدائها له أن تكون غاية في الأدب والحياة من الله أن يستولي عليك شيء من الغفلة فيكره في الصلاة الالتفات اليسير وأما الالتفات التي ليس بيسير كأن ينحرف الإنسان بجسده هذا يمكن الصلاة وإنما الاختلاس 
أن يلوي عنقه لويا يملك أو يسرى وهذا قد تشاهدونه في بعض المرات عندما يكون عامة المصلين ليس لديهم فقه في الدين يقول وكذلك ورفع بصره إلى السماء الإنسان وهو يصلي ينبغي أن يكون غاية في الأدب والتذلل لمن يصلي يتقرب إليه بالعبادة فرفع البصر إلى السماء يدل على عدم الاهتمام بالعبادة ثم أن الذي حذر من أن يرفع الواحد بصره إلى السماء حذره من أن يفطف بصره ينبغي وهو يصلي أن يكون ظاهرا عليه الأدب والخشوع والتذلل لوجه الله يعني ويكره بصر إلى السماء ويكره أيضا صلاته إلى صورة تكون منصوبة أمامه ينبغي إذا كان وابتلي الواحد بأن يصلي في مكان ألا تكون الصورة في مواجهة وجهه لأنه قد يكون في محكم لا بد من وضع صور فيه إما موضع تجارة أو موضع كذا أو تقديس لأهل الدنيا أو غير ذلك لا يصلي باتجاه الصورة كذلك لا ينبغي أن يكون يصلي إلى شخص معين يتقصد ذلك وأما كونك تصلي بالصف الذي أمامك كي يصلون فليس هذا من هذا الباب ويكره استقمال نار تشرب النار ويضع عليها الحطب ويجلس المصلي يصلي مستقبلها لأن هذا إنما هو عمل عبدة النيران المجوس الذين كانوا يعبدون النار ولو سراجا كذلك اللمبة هي أخت السراج فينبغي أن يحرص ألا تكون في مواجهته وهو يصلي بقدر المستطاع لأنه قد يصلي وفي سقف المسجد أو في جدار المسجد مرتفعة عن الوجوه والشأن في المصلي أن يكون نظره إلى موضع سجوده فإنه إذا صار موضعه إلى نظره إلى موضع سجوده ما صار بصره يطفح ويجمع المرئيات التي تكون في الوجود قال ولو سمح وكذلك يكره تراشد ذراعيه في السجود الذين ان يفترس الانسان ذراعيه كيف تراش الثعلب انت لو نظرت الى ثعلب باركا في الارض وجدت انه سادرا ذراعه على الارض سدرا ينبغي يكون مصلي واضعا كفه على الارض او يصلي يوجع اصابعه الى جهه القبله ويرفع ذراعه بقدر المستطاع ولا يدخل فيها لا يدخل الواحد في الصلاه وهو حاقن الحاقن الحاقن ان يكون يدافعه البول هذا الحاقن والحاقد الذي يدافعه قضاء الحاجه الاخرى التي هي الغائه الفضولات التي تخرج من الدبر لا يدخل الواحد في الصلاه وهو حاقن او حاقد ينبغي ان يذهب يقضي حاجته ويتوضا حتى يكون مطمئن البال مرتاح الخاطر 
يقول أو حاقب أو بحضرة طعام يشتهي بل يؤخره ولو فتح الجماعة يعني إذا قدم أن يقول في الحديث الصحيح إذا قدم العشاء جاء العشاء يعني صلاة العشاء وقدم العشاء فابدعوا بالعشاء وليس معناه مجرد انك تشتهي لا يعني اذا كنت محتاجا لا واما اذا كان لا حاجه اليك مهمه هذا في العشاء التي كان الناس عليها في السابق وتناولوا العشاء لا يحتاج الا الى دقائق اما الان فالعشاء والغداء يحتاج الى وقت فيه طول لكن لما يكون في حاجه صحيح ملح على تناول الطعام لا يقدم بدء الطعام على اداء الصلاه قال ويكره مس الحصى وتشبيك الاصابع الانسان وهو يصلي ينبغي ان يكون مهتما بصلاته كيف يؤديها لا يعبث بيده يقلب حصيات امامه او تراب غير ذلك لا يضع كفه اليمنى على فخذه اليمنى ممدوده الاصابع وهو جالس واليسرى على اليسرى وكذلك ويكرم السلحصى وتشبيك الاصابع وما السلحصى في الغالب لا يكون للجالس اما الواقف فليس حوله حصن يقلبه وهو واقف وتشبيك الاصابع يعني ينبغي للمسلم لا الذاهب للصلاه وهو يسير للصلاه الا يشبك بالاصابع تشبيك الاصابع ان تلقي ما اليد اليمنى لليسرى او بالعكس وتدخل الاصابع بين الاصابع لا هذه ما يبس الاساليب العدد والتذلل يقول واعتماده على يديه في جلوسه لا اذا جلس للتشهد او جلس بين السجدتين لا يضع يده يتكئ عليها لا في هذه الحال ينبغي ان يضع كفه على فخذه لكن لو كان يؤلمه الموقع الموقف لما يصاب الانسان بدار الركب والامن الذي فيها يحتاج الى ان يعتمد على فخذيه او على ساقيه المعذور معذور من يرتكب مخالفات من هذا النوع لشده حاجته واضطراره الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم كلفنا امرا يشق علينا بل هو ارحم الراحمين يقول في جلوسه قال وكذلك اللمس لحيته وقص شاربه وكف ثوبه بعض الناس وهو يصلي يعبث بشعر وجهه او تارة يحك يمينه او تارة يساره ينبغي ان يكون شغله في الصلاه شاغلا له عن كل شيء كذلك لا يكف الثوب يرد هذا او هذا اذا اراد ان يثني كم الذراع يثنيه قبل الدخول في الصلاه اذا كان يحتاج الى ذلك 
وإن تثاءب الله يكره التثاؤب ويحب العطاس يقول إن تثاءب فليكظم تثاؤبه لكن تأتي أحوال يعجز من الكظم يغلبه الثؤاب إذا غلبه الثؤاب فليسعى بتغطية فمه بكفه وإن تثاءب كظم استطاع فإن غلبه وضع يده في فمه يعني ما هو بضعه يدخلها في الفم لا يضع الكف على الفم كأنه غطاء للفم قال ويكره تسوية التراب بلا عذر بعض الناس إذا صلى في أرض تربة التراب تجده في كل ركعة إذا سجد على الناسب ذهب يواسي التراب الذي ينبغي أن يكون شغله في الصلاة أكثر من انشغاله فيما يسجد عليه لكن إذا فرض أن المصلى في تراب يؤذي أو حصيات إذا سجد آلمة الجبين فلا مانع من إزالة ما يؤذي يقول ويكره في التراب ويرد المصلي المار بين يديه ولو بدفعه يعني اذا كنت تصلي واراد احد ان يمر ما بين موقفك وموضع سجودك ان كان يمر بين موضع موقفك والستره او يمر بين موقفك وموضع السجود اذا لم تكن لديك ستره فتمنعه اشجر له اذا لم يقبل ادفع اذا لم يقبل في الدفاع ولو بقوه وقوله فله قتال ليس قتال معنى بالسلاح رمي او بالسفاكين لا يعني بالمدافعه والدفع القوي حتى يصد عنه ولو حصل في ذلك مشي يسير يعني تقدم خطوه او تاخر خطوه بسبب هذه المدافعه فلا حرج ومع ذلك ينبغي ان يحرص على تجنب هذه الامور ما استطاع ويحرم المرور بين يدي المصلي وبين سترته يعني الانسان يجب عليه ان لا يتعرض لارتكاب محرم مع اخيه المسلم لا يمر بين يديه وهو يصلي او بين هو بين الستر الذي وضعها الستر يعني سنة أن يضع الواحد أمامه في وجه ما يتجه إلى القبلة سترة حجر مثلا أو خشبة أو أي شيء ولو ثوب يكون موضع سجوده دون ذلك تلك السترة يمنع من أراد أن يدخل بين موقفه وبين السترة فإذا لم تكن له سترة لا يمنع الذي يريد أن يدخل بين موقفه وموضع سجوده لما انتهى فيما يتعلق بالحركات التي يقوم بها المصلي قال: وله قتل الحيه وعقرب وقمله هذه الاشياء المؤذيات من دواب الارض له ان يقتلها اصرها القمله التي تكون فعل الانسان بثوبه او شعره يقتلها ولو كان يصلي واذا امكن تجنبها فتش ما يكون موضعا للقمل قبل ان يصلي حتى يحفظ لصلاته اعماله كلها فهذا يكون اولى 
أما الحية والعقرب فلا شك أن هذا بين وخطير له أن يقتله ولو كان في الصلاة يقول ويحرم المرور بين يدي المصلي وبين سترته يعني وبين محل سجوده إن لم تكن له سترة وتعديل الثوب يعني إذا كان ثوبه مائلا يلفت النظر ولم يكن وفق لتعديله قبل أن يدخل الصلاة يعدله بحيث لا ينشغل به والعمامة التي هي غطاء الرأس وله أن يحمل شيئا ويضع قد يكون مع الإنسان طفل يخشى أن ينفلت ويخشى يخشى عليه فيضطر إلى أن يحمله وهو يصلي فإذا أراد أن يسجد أنزله وهذا إنما يكون في حال الضرورات وأما كان في المنزل أو في المسجد يترك الطفل عند أهله وله إشارة بيده ووجه وعين لحاله يعني لما يسأل أحد يستطيع أن يجيبه جوابا بالإشارة يعني ليس هنا أحد أو راح فلان يشتري له راح بيده بدون كلام فلا حرج عليه في ذلك ولا يكره السلام على المصلي لكن يسلم رد ينتظر ردا إذا قال للمصلي السلام عليكم لا يجوز للمصلي ان يقول عليكم السلام ان اشار له يعني يشعره انه قد تنبه لهذا السلام فلا حرج وقال رده بالاشاره باليد او بالحاجبين ويفتح الماموم على امام يعني اذا كان الامام غلط قفز آية أو أتى بآية ليست هي التي في مسار قراءته في تلك الركعة وهذا في الجهرية المأموم ينبغي أن ينبه الإمام بهذا الوضع يعني يفتح عليه إذا قرأ آية ليس هذا موضعها ينبه الإمام بأن الآية التي هذا موضعها آية كذا يقرأها عليه إذا ارتج على الإمام إذا ارتج فقد النطق ما استطاع يتذكر الآية وإن له شيء في صلاته يتبين خطأ الرجل يسبح إذا كان الإنسان مأموما وحصل غلط من الإمام ترك مثلا الجلوس للتشهد الاول او قام لجلس بعد الثالثه يظنها الرابعه او قام بعد الثانيه حسب يظن انه ما صلى الا ركعه واحده يسبح الرجال يقولون سبحان الله واما المراه لا ما تتكلم ما تقول سبحان الله تفتح عليه وانما تصفق بيدها التصفيق للنساء والتصفيق للرجال يسبحون قال سبح رجلا صفقت امراه قال وان بدره اي المصلي بصاف او مخاط 
المصاب هو ما يكون في الفم وأشياء سائبة أو نفاق ما يكون يتجمد بالحلق ويشق عليه القراءة فيحتاج إلى لفظه لا يفضه الله في المصلى في المسجد إن كان في برية يلقيه تحت قدمه اليسرى وإن كان على فراش لا يلقيه في ثوبه أو طرف كمه وفي غير المسجد عن يساره ويكره ان يبصق قدامه يعني امامه المصلي او عن يمينه النبي نهى عن ذلك قال ان الله جل وعلا امام العبد يراه والانسان لو كان واقفا عند رجل من الدنيا والانسان بين يدي رب العالمين يستحي ان يبصق كفر بصقا ولو كان بينه وبين الرجال اللي امامه عشرة أمثال وإنما يحتاج إلى يلوي عنق هيمة ويسرح حتى يكتب يعني ينبغي أن تكون الصلاة مهيمنة في تأديب المصلي على التزام أعالي منازل العدد فنسأل الله الجميع التوفيق الشيخ حفيظ الله تعالى بكان آية فيزن الله عز وجل أنت Sending salam upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Indeed, Allah is alone. He has no partners. To him is the dominion and for him is the praise. And Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad, the one who Allah sent as a mercy to mankind. He gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, and he was sincere for the ummah. And Allah blessed him with companions who fought during his time and after his time. And they were the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. They believed in him and they obeyed him. And uh, now, so may Allah be pleased with them and may Allah make us from amongst those who love them. He said, uh, in beginning with this lesson, he wants to inform that the lesson is extremely, it's important that we understand that the lesson is extremely beneficial for the individual who reflects over this book and uh, is vigorous in acting upon that which is present in it. Because there's no doubt uh, the greatest part of the religion is sincerity and uh, the greatest form of worship or the greatest act of worship that shows uh, that one is sincere is the five daily prayers. It's the five daily prayers. And that which is present in this book by Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ta'ala is what the Muslim is in need of. Is what the Muslim is in need of. So my advice to the individual who is diligent is to continue reading this book and to read it over and over again and to focus on that which uh, benefits you and that which Likewise, you are unaware of, of the past and the present. Uh, because this issue, this book is referring to, or that which we've read in it so far is referring to the prayer. And the individual should uh, focus on that which is uh, pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal. And there's no doubt that that which is pleasing to Allah is in accordance with, or is that which is done in accordance to the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That which is in accordance to the Sunnah of the Prophet 
sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is the first gathering that we're having and our continue, continuation of the book to ask Allah Azawajal to give us tawfiq and that which we read and we ask Allah Azawajal to forgive us for any deficiency in the past and in the present. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab Rahim Allah Ta'ala he mentioned uh, certain things which are disliked in the prayer and he said from the matters which are disliked in the prayer is that a person uh, turns slightly in the prayer he looks slightly to the left or to the right and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that it is incumbent upon the, the worshipper that he uh, keeps in mind and that he feels that when he enters into the prayer he is calling on his Lord and he is praising his Lord and he is glorifying his Lord and he is informing that Allah Azza wa Jal to him belongs all of the praise and Allah is the one who has the complete dominion and after that and that is in the beginning of Surah Al-Fatiha you're praising Allah, you're glorifying Allah and it is as if you are giving an introduction to uh, your speech or the fact that you're about to speak to Allah Azawajal. So you're giving an introduction which is filled uh, the praise of Allah and the glorification of Allah and then you begin to seek from Allah when you say it is you we worship and it is you, you seek, we seek your assistance. So the individual is informing that he does not worship other than Allah Azawajal. So, that which is disliked is that the person turns slightly in the prayer. And the shaykh mentioned that this is something uh, the shaytan stealing from the individual when he's praying. So it is upon the individual to the best of his ability when he enters into the prayer that he focuses on the fact that he is speaking to his Lord. And the shaykh mentioned, for example, if an individual is speaking to uh, a prince or a king, He's going to have the utmost respect and reverence for the individual that he's speaking to. He's going to have etiquettes. So indeed, these etiquettes are more deserving in the form of worship. The individual should have the, the, the utmost respect and manners when he stands in front of his Lord, and he should not be negligent in the prayer. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if the person turns a lot in the prayer, then this invalidates the prayer. So that which is being mentioned by the authorship Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab is slight turning in the prayer. It does not invalidate the prayer, but it is disliked. But if the person totally turns in the prayer, left or right and the likes, this invalidates the prayer. And he said, you can witness this amongst individuals who are general laymen. If you observe their prayer, you find that they turn left and right in the prayer because they're general laymen, and these individuals do not have uh, understanding of the, the act of worship. Then the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned and raising the sight to the sky. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that when the individual enters into the prayer, he should be in a humble state. He should be in a completely humble state. And part of being in a humble state is that one does not raise his sight to the sky. Um, because this is an indication that the individual is not focusing in the prayer. And likewise, uh, this was the Prophet's uh, prohibition has been mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ in this regard. That the individual is prohibited from raising his sight to the sky. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that it is feared that his sight will be taken away because of doing so. 
Likewise, the author mentioned, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that the person should not pray toward a, a picture. The person should not pray toward a picture. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habibullah Ta'ala, uh, the person should not pray in the direction of a picture. And it is possible that an individual, because of the place that he's praying, he may be praying at his job, or he may be praying uh, out, uh, out of the masjid or the likes of that. So there's a picture in the, in the place. But what's important is that the individual does not face the picture directly. He should abstain from doing so. And likewise, the person should not pray directly toward another individual. A particular individual, you should not pray directly toward another individual. Then the author mentioned, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, and the person should not pray directly toward fire. Shaykh mentioned, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, for example, if some, someone is burning some firewood, uh, or the likes, they shouldn't pray in the direction of the fire, because this is the actions of the majus, the individuals who worship the fire. They pray in the direction of the fire, so the Muslim should not do so. Even if it is like a, la a lantern, even if it's like a lantern, the person to the best of his ability should not pray in the direction of the lantern. For example, he's on top of the roof of, of, a, of a building, or he's on top of the roof of the masjid, and there is a lantern there, he should try his best to abstain from praying directly toward the lantern. Uh, then the author, Rahimahullah mentioned that the person should not lay his forearms on the ground uh, like an animal. And the Shaykh Habibullah mentioned, if you look at like a, a wolf or a fox, you notice when they sit down, they lay their forearms on uh, the ground. The person is, we are prohibited from praying uh, similar to the, these animals. Then the author, Rahimahullah mentioned, the person should not enter the prayer while he is, uh, or has the need to urinate or defecate. The person should not enter the, into the prayer while he has the need to urinate or, or to defecate. And this is so that the individual enters into the prayer in a state of uh, relaxation. The person should enter into the prayer in a state of relaxation. His mind and his body should be relaxed, so he should not enter it while he has the need to defecate or uh, urinate. Likewise, the individual should not enter into the prayer if the food has been served. And the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned there's an authentic hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that if the, the prayer, the night prayer, Al-Isha, if the night prayer has entered and the food, Al-Asha, the food has been served, the person should begin with the food, with the meal. And the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned this is if the individual uh, is hungry. The individual is hungry and he would like to eat, he should begin with, he should begin with the, the food, uh, not the prayer. And the Shaykh mentioned, this was said during the time of the Prophet and if a person wanted to eat a meal during the time of the Prophet it was, he could eat it quickly and still join the prayer. He had enough time to eat the meal because the meals were small. He could eat the meal and he could still join the prayer. But nowadays, if a person wants to eat the meal, it would take a long uh, amount of time, but still with that being the case, if the food is served and the prayer time has entered, the person should begin with the food. He should begin with the food. Then the author Ta'ala goes on to mention things which are disliked in the prayer, which is uh, moving the, the pebbles that are in front of you. And the Shaykh mentioned Ta'ala once again, it is befitting that the individual when he's uh, in the prayer, he should not uh, play with the, the pebbles, he should not remove the pebbles. 
um, and he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that this would be the case with a person who is, is, is sitting. This would be the case with a person who is sitting, uh, for example, between the tashahads and the lights of that, or the last tashahad, uh, between the sajdatain or the last tashahad, the hand should be placed on the, the thighs. The hand should not be uh, playing with the pebbles in front of the individual. And likewise, the author Rahimahullah mentioned the individual should not, individual should not intertwine between, intertwine his fingers. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah this actually begins before the individual enters into the prayer. While the person is on the way to the, the masjid, he should not intertwine his fingers. Uh, and this is from the complete etiquettes of, 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 of humbleness when the individual is uh, embarking upon the prayer. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, um, the person should not uh, put their hands to the side. If the person is uh, sitting in the prayer, they should not put their hands to the side, but rather the hands should be in front of them. Uh, for example, between the two sajdas, between the two prostrations, the hands shouldn't be placed to the side. They should be placed on the thighs in the shaykh, mentioned Allah Ta'ala. That, that is, as long as this does not hurt the individual. For example, an individual might, may be injured, um, so if he's injured, then he can, it's no problem in him placing his hands to the side. Uh, if there's a need for verily, Allah Azza wa is, does not hold, uh, or he mentioned the hadith, or he mentioned the ayat, where Allah Ta'ala mentioned, fear Allah to the best of your ability. And he said that Allah Azza wa is the, the most merciful. So if an individual has a valid excuse for placing his hands to the side, it is permissible for him to do so. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned that it is dislike for the individual to play with his, his beard. And the Shaykh mentioned, Abhi you have some individuals when they enter into the prayer, they began to play with their facial hair. They began to play with their facial hair. Uh, and this is not befitting. And this shows that the individual, Afwan, the Shaykh mentioned, Abhi that the individual from the time that he enters the prayer is main focus and his only focus should be on the prayer itself. His only focus should be on the prayer itself. Itself. It should not be his facial hair. Likewise, it should not be his soul. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's possible that an individual, um, for some reason, he wants to uh, do something to his, his sleeve. He should do it before the prayer. He should not do it, do it during the prayer. Then the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned that the person has uh, the desire to, to yawn, they should repel it to the best of their ability. They should repel it to the best of their ability. But if they cannot, then they should place their hands over the, their mouth. And the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentioned, uh, place the hand in the mouth, but the, the Arabic here does not mean in the mouth. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, does not mean that the person puts his hand inside of his mouth. But what it is, what is intended is that the person covers his mouth with his hand. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, and it is this like that the individual uh, smooths the, the dirt in front of him. He levels the dirt in front of him. And the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned that you find some people if they're praying on dirt, every time they go into prostration, they, they want to level the dirt. This should not be the case. The person should not level the dirt which is in front of him, except if it harms you. Except if the person, if he makes sajda, it harms him, then it is permissible for him to level the dirt which is in front of him. 
Then the author goes into the issues of uh, preventing a person from passing in front of you. The Shaykh Habib mentioned if a person is praying and someone wants to pass in front of him, they should not pass directly in front of the individual and likewise they should not pass in between the sutra. And the Shaykh Habib mentioned that the sunnah is that a person places a barrier in front of him and he prays uh, in front of that barrier or he prays behind that barrier. If the individual has done so, it is not permissible for you to pass in between him and the barrier. And if the person seeks, if someone seeks to do so, you should prevent them. And if they continue, you should push them. And even if you have to do so with strength, even if you need to do so with strength. Then the author, Rahimahullah mentioned, فَإِنْ أَبَى فَلَهُ قِتَالُ If the person refuses, then you can fight him. So the Shaykh said, it doesn't mean you kill him. It doesn't mean you fight him with a, a, a weapon or with a, a knife. No, but it means that you push him uh, even if you have to do so with strength. Even if you pushing the individual means that you have to walk slightly a few steps, it's permissible for you to do so. And the Shaykh Habib mentioned, it's befitting that you try to prevent this to the best of your ability. You should try to prevent moving so much in the prayer and the likes, but if you have a need, then it's permissible for you to do so. Then the Shaykh Habib mentioned, it's also important that a Muslim does not cause harm to his Muslim brother. If you see a Muslim who's praying, you should not intend to walk directly in front of him. In front of, in front of him, you should walk uh, further away from him. And likewise, if he's praying to a sutra, which is the sunnah, the individual places a barrier in front of him, you should not walk in between him and his barrier. But if the individual has not placed a barrier in front of him, you should not walk between him and his place of prayer. Between him and his place of prayer, you should walk beyond, beyond that area. Then the author, Rahimahullah mentioned that it is permissible for an individual to kill uh, a snake or a scorpion uh, and these harmful insects that try to uh, bite an individual. It's permissible for a person to kill these insects so that they cannot cause him any type of bodily harm. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah but what's befitting is that if you, if you look around and you see that there's a snake or a scorpion or uh, the likes, you should try to remove it before you even enter into the prayer. But if it happens that it comes to you while you're praying, it's permissible for you to kill it even in the prayer. And the author mentions that it's permissible for you to um, uh, adjust your thobe. For example, the clothing that you have, and the Shaykh mentioned, for example, if your thobe is, or if the lower garment that you have is falling down, it's drooping and you know it's, it's causing attention, it's permissible for you to pick it up. Likewise, it's permissible for you to adjust that which, adjust that which you're wearing on your head. Likewise, it's permissible for you to carry something. For example, the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned if a person is carrying a child um, and it's an emergency. For example, you're praying outside, you're praying outside of your home, you're praying outside somewhere, and you fear that if you let the child go, the child would run into the street and it could cause some harm for the child. It's permissible for you to pick the child up and to put the child down. But the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if you're praying in your home and there's no harm uh, upon the child, then you should leave the child. You should not pick the child up. Then the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned that... Um, now, then the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned 
Um, it's permissible for the person to indicate with his hand or with his face or with his eye for a reason. If there is justification for a person to make uh, a sign with his hand or with his face or with his eye. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Um, for example, if someone's asking you a question and you're praying, it's permissible for you to answer with your hand or you make some sort of sign with your face. For example, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala by you uh, moving your eyebrow, you know, so the person knows that you've answered the question. But the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but you should not speak. If you're praying, you should not speak with your, your tongue, but rather you make some sort of indication with your hand, with your face, with your, with your eyebrows, so that the person knows um, the answer. Likewise, the author mentioned, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, it's permissible for you to correct and to assist the Imam. For example, if the Imam, if he jumps a verse, or if he says a verse that shouldn't be said, it's permissible for you to verbally correct him. Uh, likewise, if the Imam can't remember, he stutters, and he can't remember the following verse, it's permissible for you to inform him verbally what is the, the coming verse. Uh, but if the Imam makes a mistake in the actions of the prayer, if the Imam makes a mistake in the actions of the prayer, the, imam, the man should say SubhanAllah, so that he is aware that he's made a mistake in the actions of the prayer. But the women, they should clap their hands. The women, they should clap their hands. And the Shaykh Habib Allah, he gave the examples. For example, if the Imam sits, when he should stand. Or if he stands, when he should sit. You say SubhanAllah, the men say SubhanAllah, and the women, they, they clap their hands. Likewise, the author Rahim Allah mentioned, if an individual, um, if an individual if he has the need to spit, if he's overwhelmed, if, he, if he's overcome by saliva and he needs to spit, or mucus which is in his throat and he needs to get it out of him, his throat, then he should, uh, the author Rahim Allah mentioned, if he's in the masjid, he should do it in his throat. He should do it in his clothing. Uh, and outside of the masjid, under his left foot. And the author Rahim Allah mentioned, for example, if you're praying outside and you're overcome by saliva or spit, you should, um, you should spit under, uh, if you're outside, you should spit under your left foot. But if you're praying in a place that has uh, a rug or the likes, then you should do it in your thobe or in your, in your clothing, the Sheikh mentioned, even in your sleeve. You should put the saliva or the mucus in your sleeve and you should not spit directly in front of you because there's a hadith with the Prophet mentioned that verily Allah is in front of the servant. So the Shaykh mentioned Abi Ta'ala that it's incumbent upon the individual to have shyness from his Lord. If an individual is in front of another human being, he would not spit, you know, even if it's 10 meters, he would not spit directly in front of another human being because this is considered an insult. So likewise, the individual should have the utmost etiquette when he is in front of his Lord. And we ask Allah to give us success.
بكل صالح حبيبكم الله تعالى كيف نتحقق حقيقة الشكر لله تعالى والصبر على طاعة الله وكيف نحافظ على وكيف نحافظ على أنفسنا وكيف نحافظ على أنفسنا من آفات المعاصي لا شك أن ابن آدم له عدو نشط في عذابه ويركض على الناس بخيله ورجله ويضايقهم حتى في اداء الصلاه وهذا العدو الشرس ذكر الله جل وعلا يا طردون ولذلك في الحديث ان الشيطان اذا سمع المؤذن اضبر وله غراب إذا انتهى الأذان رجع فإذا ثوبه وقيمت الصلاة فر فإذا انتهى فرجع يريد أن يشغل المصلي ما دامت أن هذه هي الحال فينبغي للمصلي أن يكون مستجمعا لقواه حريصا على أن يكون حاسرا تصوره في هذه العبادة التي يؤديها يعتني بالذكر في البداية في دخول الصلاة يعتني في الاستعاذة بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يعتني في الحرص في الحرص على فهم ما يقرأ في صلاته ثم يسأل الله جل وعلا الهداية الإنسان لا يهدي نفسه ولا احد يقدر يقدر على هدايه احد وانما ذلك كله لله ولذلك شرع الله لنا في الصلاه ان يقول المصلي اهدنا الصراط المستقيم يسال ربه ان يهديه ولهذا يحرص الواحد وهو يصلي ان يتامل ما هو قائمه من العباده ثم يسال ربه جل وعلا ان يحفظه ويصونه ويصد عنه كيد الشيطان واعراضه ومع كثره ذكر الله بمناسبه او بغير مناسبه يطمئن القلب الله يقول الاء بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب How do we uh, implement or how can we implement uh, gratitude to Allah Azawajal and patience upon obedience to Allah and protect ourselves from the sins? And the Shaykh Mishra Ta'ala that there's no doubt that there is an enemy who is eager against the children of Adam and this enemy sends his army by way of riding beasts and on foot even to the individual who uh, is uh, praying and indeed remembrance of Allah is something that repels the shaitan and because of that you have a hadith the Prophet mentions when the adhan when the call to prayer is given the shaitan runs and he passes gas and when the adhan is over he returns to busy and distract the, the worshipper. And then when the, the call to prayer is, is given, the ikhama, when the ikhama is, is called, he once again, he runs 
and when the ihbama is over, he returns because he wants to distract the individual who is praying. So, as long as this is the case, it's incumbent upon the individual to, to gather his thoughts and to focus solely on the act of worship which he is uh, embarking upon. And uh, the individual does so by mentioning Allah Azawajal and seeking refuge in Allah in the beginning of the prayer. And likewise, something which uh, repels the shaitan is that the individual uh, understands what he's saying in the prayer. He focuses on and he tries to understand what he is saying in the prayer. Likewise, the individual should ask Allah Azawajal, constantly ask Allah for guidance. Uh, indeed, uh, the individual does not guide himself. And no one has the ability to guide anyone else. But all of this is for Allah Azawajal. And because of that, it is legislated in the prayer that we ask Allah Azawajal to guide us to the straight path. We ask Allah for guidance. And we should contemplate over that which we are reading. Uh, and we ask Allah Azawajal to protect us. And we ask Allah Azawajal to protect us from the, the shaitan and his plots. And indeed, when the individual uh, constantly remembers Allah, this would be a means for uh, this would be a means for relaxation of his heart, for verity, uh, with the uh, the remembrance of Allah, does the heart find relaxation? Remind the brothers to keep the, the questions on the topic. Just to remind them to keep the questions on the topic. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل تنصح طالب العلم هل تنصح طالب العلم أن يحفظ هذه المطور أو فقط يقرأها بين المرات أو عدة مرات؟ لا شك أن الحفظ مهم إذا استطاع الواحد أن يحفظ المتن الذي يدور الكلام حوله فهذا كنز عظيم تكون كلما هممت أن تفكر في موضوع من مواضيع هذا الشيء ما عليك إلا أن تستذكر العبارة التي أنت حافظها الحفظ هو أساس الفهم ينبغي يعني الواحد أن يحرص على ذلك والعلماء القدامى الذين صار لهم القدر الكبير إنما كان ذلك بما وفقهم الله له من الحفظ التام وما فتح الله عليهم من سرعة الحفظ وبطء النسيان وهذا فضل الله يعطيه من يشاء The individual is asking is it, uh, should an individual memorize these texts that we are studying or is it sufficient that one reads them? 
repeatedly reads Memorizing the text is important. If the individual has the ability to memorize these texts, and it is a tremendous treasure if he does so. And Shaykh Minjah Habib every time when you memorize the text, every time you think of something related to the topic, you remember the statement which is from the text. And the Shaykh Minjah Habib also memorizing is the foundation of understanding. The individual memorizes and by way of memorization, he understands it. The Shaykh Minjah Habib Allah so it's fitting that an individual is diligent in, in memorizing it. The scholars of the past, the well-known famous scholars of the past, um, indeed they, they, they reached that level because of that which Allah blessed them with, of memorization and understanding. They complete, completely memorized many of the texts. Uh, and indeed Allah blessed them to have uh, quick memorization and they were very slow and forgiving. كل سار حبيبكم الله تعالى مات رجل أمريكي على غير دين الإسلام مات رجل أمريكي على غير دين الإسلام بدون وصية وحكم المحكمة الأمريكية بالتقسيم الإرث بين أولاده فإذا كان من أولاده مسلم هل يصح له أن يأخذ قسمه لا يرث المسلم الكافر ولا يرث الكافر المسلم فما لا الأب المتوفى على غير الملة الإسلام ما له لورثهم الكفار فيها قول بعض أهل العلم قال الإسلام يعظم ولا يعظم لكن الحديث الصحيح في سنة المصطفى بيّن أنه لا توارث بين المسلمين والكفار المسلمون لا يرثون الكفار والكفار لا يرثون المسلمين. The individual is asking a person, an American man died, he was non-Muslim, and he did not have a will. So the the courts, the American courts, they judged that his his wealth should be distributed amongst his children. If he has a Muslim child, is that Muslim child is it permissible for that Muslim child to take his portion of the inheritance? The Shaykh mentioned that it is not permissible for a Muslim to inherit from a non-Muslim, and it is not permissible for a non-Muslim to inherit from a Muslim. So the wealth that was left behind by the non-Muslim father is distributed amongst his non-Muslim children, not the Muslim child. And there is a statement, Sheikh Habib mentioned, there is a statement of some of the scholars which indicate, or there is an opinion of some of the scholars which indicate if it's a, uh, I, have to, I have to review the translation of that because I don't want to get the word wrong, I'll mention it next week. But the Sheikh Habib mentioned, but according to the Sunnah, and please someone remind me of the translation of that, but the Sheikh Habib mentioned, but according to the Sunnah, um, it is clear that the Muslim does not inherit, inherit from the non-Muslim and the non-Muslim does not inherit from the Muslim.
يقول السلام حبيبكم الله تعالى قد حصل أن أحد الأئمة نقض وضوءه ثم أثناء الصلاة ثم طلب من المعمومين أن ينتظروا حتى حتى يذهب يتوضأ ويرجع فهل فعله هذا الصحيح؟ ما كان ينبغي إذا انتقض وضوءه وهو يعم الناس لا يقول لهم انتظروا ولنفرض انه جلس نص ساعة يتوضأ لا شك ان هذا تصرف في غير محله لكن عليه اذا نابه امر او انتقض وضوءه ان يشير الى احد من خلفه ان يتم بالنص الصلاة Someone who was leading the prayer, he broke his wudu, so he uh, requested from those who were praying behind him to wait while he goes and renews his ablution and then he returns. Is this action correct? The Sheikh Mishnah Allah Ta'ala, it wasn't befitting for him to do so, it wasn't correct for him to do so. Um, if he's leading the people, uh, what would be the case if he took, 20, if he took 30 minutes to go and make wudu? So um, this uh, action from him is not correct. Um, if the imam breaks his wudu, then he should inform someone who's praying behind him to come step forward and continue the prayer with the congregation. وخرج ليتوضا اذا لم يكونوا متضررين فلا باس وان كان فيه مضره يصرون ولا ينظرون ان الشيخ حبيب الله تعالى اعرض ان هي سيد بوت اف فور اكزامبل ذا امام ذا كول تو ذا برير ذا اقامه ذا اقامه از جيفن اند ذا بيبل ار ريدي تو بري اند ذا امام ريلايزز ذات هي از بروكن هيز ابولوشن هيز بروكن هيز وضوء سو هي سيد تو ذيم ويت هي جوز اند ميكس وضوء And he returns. This is okay, as long as, as the, the the time doesn't cause a harm, doesn't create a harm for the congregation. But if the the time that it takes for him to make his ablution is going to cause harm uh, for the congregation, then they can pray in congregation without him. يقول سعد حبيبكم الله تعالى إذا صلت المرأة في بيتها أمام سفرة. هل لها أن تمنع أولادها من المرور بين يديها؟ المصلي في بيته من رجل أو امرأة ينبغي أن يصون صلاته لا يأتي أحد بين يدي المصلي يعكر عليه صفو أداء هذه العبادة لكن إذا كان طفل هو لا يؤثر في الصلاة ولو مرق مر بين يد المصلية فلا هذا لا يؤثر عليه أما إذا كبير من فتى مميز فعلا أو فتاة فينبغي التي تصلي أن تمنع المرور بين يديها. The individual is asking uh, if a female is praying at home and she places she places a sutra in front of her. Uh, should she prevent her children from passing in front of her? And the Sheikh mentioned the person who is praying at home, whether it's a male or a female, uh, they should protect 
their prayer. And they should not allow anyone to walk in front of them. But a small child does not harm the prayer. If the child is small and he or she walks in front of you, this does not harm the prayer. But if the child is, is older, if the child is over, for example, if the child is older, for example, the age of puberty and the likes, then you should prevent the child from walking in front of you. يقول السائل أي عضو مقدم مقدم في السجود على اليدين أو الركبتين؟ هذه من المسائل الخلافية ولا شك أن الراجح أن يقدم مريد السجود الركبتين إلى الأرض إذا كان ذلك لا يشق عليه لكن في بعض الأحوال لا يستطيع إلا أن يقدم يديه التكي عليهما وفي المسألة خلاف لكن النبي ذكر قال لا يطرف بروك البعير البعير إذا برك ارتفع مؤخرا وهو يريد أن يبرك فالمصلي ينبغي أن لا يكون كذلك كل هذا إذا توفرت القدرة أما إذا كان لا يستطيع إلا أن يقدم يديه فلا حرج عليه لأن الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم. Individuals asking um, what is the, the strongest opinion with regards to going down into prostration? Does the person go down first on their knees or on their hands? The Shaykh mentioned people lots of this is an issue of disagreement amongst the scholars and there's no doubt that which is more uh, weighty in terms of opinions is that the person places his knees first. Um, except if the individual um, has difficulty, the individual has difficulty, then they can place their hands first. And with regards to or the reason why it is the most uh, weighty in opinion, is because the Prophet said you should not go down in prostration like the going down of the, the camel. And the Shaykh Mishnah of the camel goes down on its its hands first, or its front uh, legs first, uh, and it keeps up its rear ends. So the individual should not look like the camel when he goes down into the prostration. But all of this, the person should follow this, meaning go down on your knees first, if you don't have anything which prevents you. Uh, if there's something that prevents you, then it's permissible to use your hands. But verily, Allah said, fear Allah to the best of your ability. أولا نحمد الله جل وعلا ونشكره على ما من به من هذا اللقاء بعد الانقطاع الذي قدره الله جل وعلا في الساعة فأسأل الله يجعل يجعل عملنا جميعا خالصا لوجه الله موافقا بسنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نافعا لنا في حياتنا وآخرتنا كما أسأل الله جل وعلا أن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن يجيرنا جميعا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وبطن وأن ينصر الحق وأهله وأن يذل الباطل وأهله وأن يعاجل 
الجهات المجرمه الظالمه في الشام او غير الشام ان يعاجلها بعقوبه عاجله على المجرمين وان يمن على المظلومين من اهل السنه ان يمن عليهم بالتوبه من الذنوب والحرص على العمل بما يرضي الله جل وعلا ليدافع عنهم فان الله يقول ان الله يدافع عن الذين امنوا فنسال الله يدافع عنا جميعا كما سال جل وعلا ان يطفي الفتن التي اشتعلت في كثير من البلدان الاسلاميه في مصر وفي ليبيا وفي غيرها وفيما حصل للعراق بان تسلط الرافضه على على العراق وصار النفوذ لهم وصارت السلطه لهم وهذا مما يثبت صدور الرافضه الفرس فنسال الله ان يعاجلنا جميعا بالنصر المخيم وان يذل اعداءنا عاجلا غير عاجل وصلى الله على نبينا محمد. الشيخ حفيظ الله تعالى في نفس الرسم باعث بريزن الله عز وجل and thanking him for allowing us to come together or conclude I found the Shaykh concluded the lesson by praising Allah Azzawajal and thanking him and for allowing us to come together after a, a long break we ask Allah Azzawajal uh, to make our actions sincerely for his face in accordance with the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we ask Allah Azzawajal to make our presence or the lessons that we're taking uh, a benefit for us in this life and the next. We ask Allah Azzawajal to give might and glory to Islam and the Muslims and to debase the disbelievers. We ask Allah Azzawajal to protect us from the trials and calamities, that which is apparent and that which is hidden. We ask Allah Azzawajal to give uh, uh, a quick victory uh, to the people against the oppressors in, 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 in Syria and uh, to the wrongdoers. We ask Allah Azzawajal to give the people of the Sunnah uh, the, the tawfiq, the success to, to repent to Allah from our sins. For uh, verily, if, if they do so, the people of the Sunnah, if they do so, repent for their sins, Allah will defend them. For verily, Allah Azzawajal says in the Quran, verily Allah defends those who believe. And we ask Allah Azzawajal to, uh, uh, we ask Allah Azzawajal to bring an end to the fitan which has sparked in many of the Muslim lands in Egypt and in Libya and others, other Muslim lands, we ask them, uh, Allah Azza to correct the affair, rectify the affair of Iraq, which has been uh, taken over by the Rafidah, and they are in rulership then. There's no doubt that this brings joy, the fact that the Rafidah are the rulers in Iraq, this brings joy to the Persian Rafidah. So we ask Allah Azza to give us immediate uh, success and victory, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his companions and his uh, family members.